forever. Dog. You never know where they'll take you or if you'll come back. This week on the podcast, 13, compiled by T. Pines. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are reading a collection of short stories today. It is the 13 collection, 13 Tales of Horror by 13 Masters of Horror, uh, edited by T. Pines mm. with D.E. Atkins, A. Bates, J. Bennett, Caroline B. Cooney, Carol Ellis, Diane Ho, Lyle Litka, Christopher Pike, Sinclair Smith, J.B. Stamper, R.L. Stein, Ellen Emerson White, and Patricia Windsor. Hell yeah, we've got quite the mm-hmm. uh, murderer's row. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Happy Me Halloween. too much. Happy Halloween. Soggy sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> as soggy as uh, Mr. Richie What's-His-Butt must be after having been thrown in that bog. Oh, yeah. In Dedicated to the One I Love. Bye. Yeah, who was that Bog Life author? Um, who was that Bog Life? Who wrote that Bog Life? That was Diane Ho. Diane Ho. Diane Ho. Okay. Soggy's old Richie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read the back of the book real quick. Please do. You don't really want to read this, do you? The <laughs> masters of horror are waiting to take you on a terrifying ride, and there are 13 stops. Meet the new guy in town. Very handsome, very sexy, and very deadly. Dine on sweet and wonderfully inviting confections. They're good to the last breath. Maybe the weirdest one? I don't, I'm going to tell you something. Like the I weirdest do one. not recall what that is. Okay. We'll, Learn we'll get that, to it. Mm-hmm, we'll get to it. We'll cover it. Learn that some spells can never be broken. Inside, you'll find the works of 13 masters of horror. Let Christopher Pike, R.L. Stein, and the rest of our macabre crew show you the beauty in your worst nightmares and the terror in your most exquisite dreams. Mm. Christopher Pike's name and R.L. Stein's name are the biggest on the they cover. Are. And the book opens and closes with a part one and part two of this Christopher Pike story, which, mm-hmm. first of all, that story is a fucking banger. Absolutely. Fucking, fucking like it. crush it. And of course they would open the book with it because like then you're like, ooh, cool. Yeah. And then and there are some the not so much it. bangers. <laughs> Lesser bangers. Lesser bangers. Uh pops, maybe. But let's go through them mm-hmm. and just kind of like sequentially first to last. Cause I think that'll be the easiest. Yeah. For to sure. Make sure we cover everybody. Cause also there were some that I think both you and I were like, hmm. <laughs> There were a couple couple that were like filler. There were some that were filler, and there was some to me that I I'm gonna tell you. Maybe it's because I was trying to read quickly, uh-huh. where I was like, I don't know what happened in the story. <laughs> <laughs> we were working hard to get me the book on time, and I appreciate it's true. That. I was speed a reading. A listener sent us this book, and unfortunately, they sent it to us so long ago mm-hmm. that we have lost track of who was kind enough to give us this book. It's so long ago. It feels like it was before Y2K or in the lost years. Mm-hmm. Hashtag always, always forget. forget. Because um, this is definitely one I wanted to cover. It was one I read and was obsessed with. And it's very hard to get a hold of. Yeah. So we appreciate it. it. Thank it's you. It's really hard to get a hold of. Anonymous. So thank you. Thank you, Anon. 
Uh, please Thank take credit. You QAnon. Thank you. <laughs> uh, there are groups now that are <laughs> running like post Q. What? So it is. It's like Q anonymous. Um, what do they believe? They're trying to extricate themselves from the conspiracy. Huh? They're like, well, then what are they? People who have realized that Q is bullshit. And so it's it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Like they're trying mm. to detox from that mm. life. Yeah. And it's like Q Anonymous. I see. I see. So it's like Q Anon Anonymous. <laughs> I thought for a second you were saying that they like just focus on the non-conspiracy stuff. And I was like. No. Yeah. So not. it's only the true things of it, Kelly. <laughs> so like the CIA like lunch stuff, club. obviously. <laughs> Um, the stuff about how Trump is like our savior, obviously. Yeah. But it turns out that what isn't true is just one of the things. It's just like Pizzagate. It's actually just one. It was just Pizzagate is fake. Everything else. Because it was actually super at a subway. Because it's Subway Gate. <laughs> subway Gate. Honestly, Subway Gate is real because um, fucking what's his name was a predator. Jared. Oh, that's true. See, this is the problem with QAnon <laughs> is that there absolutely are pedophiles in Hollywood. They yeah. were not targeting the correct ones. They were not the ones. Just like there are so many pedophiles to be mad at. Just be mad at the right one. The joy that fills my soul in you defining Jared <laughs> as a Hollywood pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> He was in commercial. Are you knocking the our revered commercial industry? No, here's the thing. Real? I think it's true. He was in commercials. Commercials are a great way to make money. He was on television, Kelly. He was on big TV, and I'm sure that like some like that there were. Was he involved with Epstein? Like I feel like like look. No, actually, he just had like child porn on his computer. Oh, do you think he's like not powerful enough to be involved with Epstein? How sad is that? Absolutely. He was not invited on that plane. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Jared, Bill Clinton. (laughs) Imagine you are a major pedo. You get on this this plane. (laughs) And you're like, wait, what's Jared doing? Oh, I guess they're just letting anybody on the island now. (laughs) Oh, so there's just like no standards at all for a secret pedophile ring? Hmm. Wow. I thought that this was... uh, uh, an exclusive pedophile I, ring. I thought this was a pedophile ring with taste. Uh, wow. But I guess Jared's here. Well, I'm just going to sit next to Bill Gates and <laughs> try to pretend this isn't happening. <laughs> but just this part. Just this just part. Just this part. Because I the, love me the other being parts. a pedophile. Love that part. Yes. Fully support. Obviously, this is sarcastic. Tone tag J. <laughs> We're tone tag J. We also have the tone in our voices as speaking. Well, but some people can't tell tone, and that's why you have the tone tag. It's true. Tone tag J. We're joking. I don't. (sighs) We laugh so that we don't cry. Laugh to keep from weeping. Um... Anyway, all we're saying is target the actual pedophiles, and then you don't have, and then your family won't shun you. Yeah. And then you. Just a thought. Dude, do you know anybody that's into QAnon? No. Personally? No. Neither do I. Thank God, right? Ugh. If any of you out there know someone, if any of you out there are in QAnon, <laughs> imagine somebody somebody listens to this podcast and is just like put up with us insulting them and all of their politics well, Lindsay, for the last four years. Lindsay, according to some of our Apple podcast reviews, those people exist and uh, 
They don't like when we get, quote, too political. Mm-hmm. Um, up to this point, apparently, we've had a lot. In- this is why you should reach across the aisle. <laughs> so you can hang on to those three listeners. <laughs> and, you know, you'll find that you have much more in common with people. Aside from believing in QAnon, you can have a lot in common with somebody. Mm-hmm. How many things do you think you have in common with somebody that believes in QAnon? Like two things? Well, that's the th- that is what's scary about that is you could have everything but yeah. QAnon in common with somebody. Yeah. They're just like you and I. Yeah. I remember in college, like my first week of college, I met this uh, guy and we became friends and we were talking and um, and I thought we had a lot in common. And then he was like, I have some really interesting things to show you. <laughs> and then it was like all this 9-11 truther stuff. And I was like, wow. Oh, He's like, it never happened. And I was like, wait, huh? I was like, this wow, is that this kind is, of truth. Yeah, I was That's like, a different truth. Yeah, I was like, this is a a, a, a way to look at 9-11 that I do not share. That I, that I never even heard of. Not on board. <laughs> and he was like showing me all these videos and they were all these like grainy fucking YouTube videos. And I was like, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't think I believe this. And he gave me this look and he was like, I thought you were smarter than that. And I uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous. I would believe it was a prank. <laughs> well, we never talked from that day I on. Mean, the only thing that you can deny is Y2K. Oh, obviously. Hashtag always forget. Hashtag always forget. That's um, the only thing we all agree that we deny. Of course. But that's because like, it's the difference between knowing and understanding. If we were to really think about it, we would go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So do you want to talk about some books? Yeah, let's or do it. Or some stories? Yeah, some stories. What some I love stories. about the short story format uh-huh. is that you get a lot like you can you can be a lot more punchy and you can Yes. and you can kind of leave things open-ended, which is always fun for a writer because then you're like I don't have to worry about this fucking bullshit of like how Yeah. And honestly, I want to tell all these people, like, you also don't have to worry about all this fucking bullshit when you're writing the book. Yeah, we don't need her to be in the because, hospital like, bed falling truly, in love there, with the murderer. Exactly. There was some real, like, outstanding stuff in here. Yeah. And it was because nothing was repetitive. Truly, I think short stories is where these people shine. Completely. I loved it. Nothing repetitive. Left things open-ended. Didn't feel... It was, like, very much fireside like and then there was a hook end of the story yeah style endings i don't need to know that just like pump up that drama pump up that spookiness go out with a bang yeah like some of these people's best work i think oh absolutely i thought rl stein's story was exceptional i did too i thought it was really fucking good that ending is so yeah eerie it was really it was cool fan- it was fantastic Completely. like i so don't fantastic. love the super like conversational let me tell you what happened no, but the ending but- and the plot were so yeah. good as to make that was fine yeah i was fine with that yeah but we're getting ahead of ourselves here we are so but let's just giving you a little taste yeah so let's get into it collect call one by christopher pike um super cool story i love Very the cool. pulpiness of this one mm-hmm Great way to open these stories. Um, I believe I took some pictures here. So the tale is that there are two girls, Janice Adams and Caroline Spencer. They both like a new guy in town, Bobby Walker. Yeah. They're at a party. They both get pretty drunk. 
Janice drives them home because for some reason Caroline specifically requested a ride with her. And they start to fight about Bobby on the way home. Caroline fucking decks. (laughs) As she should have. As she should have because Janice was being a major bitch. Oh, such a bitch. Yeah. And really unwarranted. Caroline did absolutely nothing. No, it's all internalized. And I loved that Like we definitely see that from the beginning, that it's all internalized. Yeah. And Janice herself knows it too, but she like can't quite let it go. Mm -hmm. And I love... It like very much reminds me of myself and my relationship I have with my enemies on Twitter who have no idea that they're my enemies. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. It's true. It like I loved. So there were a couple of like descriptions here that I that I really, really loved. Um, So there is one part. Uh, OK, this moment, too. So when they're at the party um, and Janice works up the nerve to go talk to Bobby and then they uh, are interrupted by one Susie Q. One of the cheerleaders is like, guys, I have the best news. It's Caroline's birthday. And I I, loved that. I loved that part because also you're just like, like, I've been Janice where you're like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, I'm like, truly, it was not a party for Caroline no. in any way. No. <laughs> this bitch just took over. Also, okay, so Caroline says, it isn't even my birthday. Caroline gushed when the group was done praying for her happiness. It's tomorrow. That doesn't matter, Susie Q said, giving Caroline an affectionate cheerleader hug. The party's tonight. Then the two of them laughed together like that was the funniest thing in the world. Um, and then Janice <laughs> is like being a bitch where she's like, well, that was special. <laughs> And then, yeah, Bobby agreed. Then he did the worst of all possible things. He called Caroline over, which we've been there too, where you're like, what? What? No, don't call her mm-hmm. over. Um, so then she says, this is not this is not happening, Janice thought. He likes her. No one could like her. But that was not true. Any guy who wanted looks could have wanted Caroline. Her long blonde hair had the sun shining through it in a dark room. Her face was as round and sweet as apple pie and ice cream. Classic Pike. Her clear skin knew how to hug the right curves. Her green eyes may have been silly, but they sure could dance. I look like a bookmark next to her, Janice thought, which that was so specific. And like, I get exactly what she means. Mm -hmm. So I loved that moment. It's great. But yeah, so she's being a very competitive bitch with her, like from the get go. Mm -hmm. And then Bobby gives Caroline a tape and says it's his like favorite singer, the Black Walker. And Caroline's like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen him on MTV. And he's like... The Black Walker would never prostitute himself in such a way. I know. I know. And it is a little like, I do understand, like, teenage girls eat this shit up. But I'm, as a grown woman and sitting here reading this going, this guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Yep. 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 When you're a teenager, you're like, wow, yeah, totally. But like us as like adult women, I was like, okay, edgelord. Yes, exactly. I was like, go off and read your fucking fight club even though I read Fight Club. Go off and read your fucking Fight Club. Well, we were all there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Talking about how, like, Kids is his favorite movie. Oh, my God. Gummo. <laughs> uh, he's like, um, I'm kind of in a Harmony Korean phase. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Wow. I look forward to you actually growing a personality. <laughs> uh, so he gives her this tape, and then he just fucking leaves. Yep. And Caroline and Janice are stuck talking to each other for a second. And then the party continues and uh, and they drive home. Caroline decks her. 
and it causes and as and they're listening to the tape and the tape is creepy. Yeah. Um here the lyrics are I'm not even gonna try to figure out a tune for this. I come from the past, I eat the night. I knew you when you were young. I tell you my story, but I sleep with a gun. This is my night. This is your night. I'm a black walker, babe. Touch me softly and you get a fright. The stars are holes in the sky. The moon is a thorn in the dark. It drips white light. Give me the knife. Let's cut out our eyes. Yeah, this is our night. This is what's right. I'm a black walker, babe. Brush my lips and I bleed you white. And they're like, wow, that's a great song. (laughs) (laughs) I know. They're like, it's so mm, mysterious. (laughs) Mm, I love it. Uh, So that is playing as they sail off this cliff. Yeah. Crash land at the bottom. Janice gets out. Caroline looks dead. She realizes that she's well over the legal (laughs) limit, especially as uh, a minor, and tries to drag Caroline's body into the driver's seat to make it look like it was her fault. She's like, well, she's dead anyway. And and then she steps back and the car explodes and throws her back. And she hears Caroline screaming because she wasn't dead and she's being burned alive. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Really fucked up. And then cut to the hospital. She's being treated. Caroline's dead. An officer is talking to her. She's just giving her statement saying like everything was normal and Caroline was driving. She just had a few too many. And then she also says that like the reason Caroline drove is because she had drunk too much and the officer does nothing about this. Yeah. Uh, Even though they are in high school. Yeah. She goes home. She hits play on her answering machine. And there is a message from Caroline asking for a ride to the party. Yeah. And she's like, wait a second. She's like, I don't think I missed this from before the party. So this means this must have been left like now. How how could that be? And she's like freaked out. And she's and she keeps getting calls and the answering machine keeps recording messages. And she's like, I can't listen she's like, to I them. turned it off. <laughs> and it, it's Caroline every time saying like, hello, bitch, call me back. I really need a ride. Uh, I'm like burning up to go to this thing. Like it's a lot of like, like, I have this fever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Janice goes back to the hospital to make sure that Carolyn did in fact die. And the, she runs into a nurse and explains she's looking for Caroline. She's like, oh, is that her name? I don't think that was her name. Dun, dun. Wah, wah, wah. And so Janice goes down to the morgue, finds the body and the tag says Janice Adams. Oh God. And she's like, yeah, well, I knew I. I knew that was coming. Yeah, she's like, ah, shit. And she leaves the hospital, is kind of dazed. All of a sudden, that fucking tape from Bobby is back in her pocket. She puts it in. Now there's a message from Caroline thanking her for picking her up and giving her directions to her house. Yep. Janice, in a super, follows the directions. Where does it lead? Caroline's house? No. Of course not. Leads to where they crashed. Oh, God. She gets out, she climbs down, car is there, two bodies in there. Janice is like, oh, okay, now I have a second chance I can save Caroline. She drags Caroline out. Then she tries to go back and help herself, but they keep reaching for the door handle at the same time. That's such like dream logic too. I liked that. Yes. Where it's like just not working and you're just like, huh? Why? Yeah. And so she steps back. The other her can't get out. And Janice is like, 
but she feels happy for the first time all night. She's like, yes, this is as it should be. I came back here just to save Caroline. That was what I was supposed to do. And I've done it. And then the car explodes. She's not thrown back this time. And cut to the hospital. Caroline wakes up and gets told that Janice is dead. Yep. And then Bobby Walker's waiting for her. Waiting to pay her a visit. And she checks her messages real quick. And there's a message from Janice saying, Hi, Caroline, this is Janice. You called me, so I'm calling you. But don't try calling me back. I can't answer the phone. The fire burned off my hands. But don't worry. I'll be in touch soon. She drops the phone screaming. And there's Bobby smiling at her. The end for now. Fucking banger. It was so good. It was so good. It was so, like, it just totally kind of like what you said. Had that vibe of, like, you know, friends sitting around a fire telling, like, this, like, fucked up story. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And I loved the kind of like time loop aspect of it. It was it was cool. Yeah. And it's like, did Janice really die and go back in time? Or was she just like stuck in a dream? Was this all taking place in her head in the like two seconds she was still alive in the car? Yeah. What's going on? Loved it. And I love not knowing. Don't Me need too. it. Don't care. It's just fun. Yeah. Loved it. Um. Okay, what's the next story? The next story is Lucinda by Lyle Litka. That's the one with oh, the underwater town. That was cool. It was cool. Um, that I mean, granted, I knew who the fucking killer was just from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I was surprised. <laughs> However, I did like the vibe of this like strange like underwater town and like so basically we start with like the main character um remembering something from her childhood kate uh, kate wherein her yeah. uh brother and his girlfriend lucinda are fighting um uh at the edge of the lake by their house and she's like i know that you moved on with holly and he's like well i know that you moved on with so and so and she's like I only did that because I could tell you were falling for Holly. Um, And then she's like, if you leave me, I'm going to go down to my secret place and I'm never going to come back. And he's like, whatever. And she's wearing a red graduation gown. And uh, he leaves. And then Kate cannot remember what she sees after that. But that's the last time anyone sees Lucinda. She's disappeared. And... uh, we cut to years later, Kate and her brother have moved back to the town. He's like in his 20s now and she's 16. And they've moved back to the town because when they were very, very small, when he was very young, um, the town actually used to be where the lake was. And they ex- ex- evacuated everybody from the town and moved the town um, to like just a little bit over because they were making this dam that created this huge lake that swallowed up the rest of the town. So basically there were like um, tons of like, there's just like an entire city underneath there, which is so cool. Um, So the brother and Lucinda and Holly were like this trio that got really into diving in the uh, ruins of this town. And, um, then Lucinda kind of got over it, but Holly and the brother just kept doing it. Uh, and it kind of led to like the schism between um, the brother and, and Lucinda. 
So he's back because he's like, I'm going to find Lucinda because like maybe she disappeared. Maybe her body's down there. I don't know what happened to her. Um, the town thinks that she killed herself, but he's like, I don't think she did. And he, they, he wants to search the ruins of this town that's now, uh, because of all the drought, revealed because the lake is drying up. So that's where we are. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like searching around and, 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 and Kate, Kate? Kate's the main character, yeah. Yes, Kate keeps smelling this like floral smell. Mm -hmm. And she like keeps- perfume. Yeah, she keeps like being drawn to like certain areas of the ruins. But I did like that she's like, I don't think I should tell my brother because like he is not doing well. Yeah, he's like on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is real freaked out thinking about Lucinda. Yeah. Uh, kind of like untethered from reality, except not at all. Except not at fucking all. Except totally right. He's right. He's right because Lucinda is haunting them and she was murdered and so i mean just from this i feel like you should kind of know who it is um just knowing that like this person is very good at diving and could have been hiding in the water and like to kill her uh or like um you know who would have motive and opportunity uh and then you should really know when <laughs> holly shows up to the now adult she's like oh yeah i teach at the high school uh, and and to, to the now adult brother, which I'm forgetting his name. And Brandon. It, to Brandon. And Brandon's like, yeah, I'm looking for Lucinda. And she's like, um, huh, get over it. And mm -hmm. at that point, I'm like, oh, it's Holly. Yeah. <laughs> which is less interesting than it just being Lucinda. However, yeah. there is an actual Lucinda ghost element. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I did like that. Like, yeah, she's trying to get them to solve her murder, which is good. Mm -hmm. I like that they're actually a ghost. Mm -hmm. And that her ghost is actually good. Yeah. I liked that's that her fun. ghost was good. Yeah. And by defeating Holly and bringing her to justice, like it's like now Lucinda gets her closure. Yeah. Yeah. Because Holly like admits everything. Yeah. I didn't love like not that this is like to sound like <laughs> second wave feminism or whatever. Like <laughs> I didn't like I, I didn't need the romance between the main character and oh Keith Keith who's the brother of Lucinda the, Lucinda's brother yeah I mean I get yeah. that he was like a what's it called a red herring and then also he's the reason she survives but it just felt kind of like tacked on to me um, yeah I mean it's a it's a short story so it didn't really need it no I don't think yeah. it needed it like I think it could have just been like that she yeah it would have been more fun to see her defeat Holly yeah yeah, or like a combination of her and Lucinda or something. Yeah, and like you said, it's not like, oh, this isn't feminist. No, 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 no. It's just like, eh, it would have been, I think, more like make your protagonists proactive. Yeah, or like if the yeah, and 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 and, and if they're just letting things happening to them, uh, letting things happen to them, and they're floating through life, like that needs to be very clearly intentional, and they need to change. Yeah, um, even in a short story, um. And so, yeah, she kind of like gets put in danger because Holly attacks her, but then she's saved because like she just feels like an observer, which mm -hmm. which she is, which That's she like is truly her biggest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is her main feature is yeah. that she observes everything because she observed the crime. So basically, the crime was that Holly like fucking hit hit Lucinda with a fucking axe or some shit. Mm hmm. 
and then hid the body, right? She like in, dragged her in down. her secret place. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the cellar to her old house before they flooded the whole area. So that was cool. Like I did like that vibe. Yeah. A lot of very cool imagery. Yeah. A fun, like jealous lover, mm-hmm. killer. But it would have benefited from from Kate being the one to defeat Holly. Yeah. Like, I don't mind Keith being in there as a red herring, but but like you said, like, bleh, it was like, <laughs> it kind of made it go out with a whimper as opposed to a bang. Yeah. And I was like more interested in her connection with Lucinda than I was with like seeing him save her. Yeah. Like it would have sure. been cool if, yeah, I don't know. Agree. Just, uh, yeah. Um, but overall, still pretty good. Yeah. Because I liked, I when there's at least like, when there seems to be a supernatural element and then it's like, nope, it was all real. That sucks. I get annoyed by that, especially in this one because it's like very clear supernatural things are happening. There's like a puddle of water. There's a flower smell. So I liked that that was still legitimately happening. Yeah. And that the end, like Lucinda was like, could rest finally. I liked that for her. Yeah. Um, That was a good one too. That was a good one. Okay, wait, what's next? Next up, we have one of the weirder ones because it's from way back in the year. So, so this book was published in 91 and most of the stories yeah. are copyrighted um, from 91. Um, this one is from 1975 and it is called The Guccioli Miniature. Oh, my God. By Jay Bennett. That one felt more like just like a story that your grandpa tells you. is a filler. Yeah. Complete filler. It also just- Not a ghost story. You know what? Okay. I don't want to sound racist, but here I go. Ready? Mm -hmm. This just sounds like the like, but Dr. I am Pagliacci story. (laughs) Doesn't it? Well, it is so- for one thing, predictable. Super predictable. Like if if you told me, here's this story, and right before you get to the end, like say like when our main character, um, what's his face? Jerry. Sure. Um, is back on the plane and you like stopped me from reading and you said, Okay, so just know that this story actually doesn't have a supernatural element. What do you think happened? And I'd be like, Oh, it was a real painting and he yeah. stole it. <laughs> yeah, or like statuette or whatever, yeah. Exactly. And it was. It was. Uh, the miniature, I think, is just a miniature painting. It's a miniature painting? Yeah, it's this not This entire a time, figure. I thought it was a tiny sculpture. I thought that when I was a teenager. And then rereading it, now I went, wait, a miniature is just like a tiny painting that you would, that was like your wallet size. Wait, photo. really? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look it up. What is it was a like, miniature? That's not going to be successful. Yeah, no, it's just a <laughs> replica that's very small. <laughs> Yep, there you go. Oh, I guess it was successful. (laughs) Okay, I'll do this. Art. No, that was it. Replica that's very small. Any work of art produced in size much smaller than the normal size for that type of work. And it says it here, a miniature. I painted it myself. Yeah, he painted a tiny painting. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's because he says it was cold, almost icy to the touch. That makes it seem like he's holding like a A porcelain doll or something. Yeah, a tiny marble thing. When I was little, I thought it was the figure of a tiny woman. That's what I thought. Okay. Well, so it's a tiny painting. It's just a tiny painting, which is somehow less creepy. No, it's so boring. Yeah. Okay. So he's haunted by this tiny painting. Yeah. So what happens is our boy, (laughs) Jerry, he's 
tr- he's kicking it around Italy. <laughs> yeah. He wants to improve his Italian because he can, in fact, read and speak Italian. He runs into this like down on his luck stranger who's also American, and he is like really pressuring Jerry to buy this miniature painting for ten dollars. Yeah. He says it is a perfect replica of this very famous painting that is in a museum. And it's like his life's work. His goal was to be a painter, but he has nothing original in him. He can only copy. And so he's he wants to like get the fuck out of Dodge. Please buy this painting for $10 so I can like eat and get out. He's like, it's bringing me nothing but trouble. Yeah. He's like, Which please, maybe take don't away. take this. <laughs> So he says the Guccioli miniature, a copy of the Guccioli miniature, the original is in the PT Palace in Florence. I stood there and copied it day after day until they wanted to throw me out. And then he says it again, the Guccioli miniature. Hold on. I'm going to look up to see if this is real. Yeah. And he says, blah, blah, blah. Jerry realizes he knows the story. Teresa Guccioli, Lord Byron, the great romantic poet. The two of them had been in love. Byron must have had the miniature painted to carry with him when they were apart. And so this was Teresa Guccioli, Byron's Countess Guccioli. Why are you fucking saying that so much? <laughs> okay. Also, I looked up Guccioli miniature and I'm just finding like tiny dogs. <laughs> <laughs> adorable. Um, yeah. Adorable, so yeah, but not what He's just like trying to get the bare minimum for this painting so that he can like eat and leave right. the country. Mm-hmm. And so Jerry like acquiesces, buys the thing. But as soon as he gets it, he feels doomed too. And it's like repellent and he's full of fear and he feels like he's going to be cursed. So he throws the painting out the window into the water and then he feels normal again. Uh And then he gets on the plane and he picks up a magazine or a a stewardess came around with a selection of magazines and newspapers. He takes one of the newspapers, reads a story about how three men stole the... Guccioli miniature from the PD Palace. Countess One of them double-crossed his partners. And um, so Jerry threw away the real thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, geez. The end. That's not a ghost story. No, it's the opposite. It's not That's even scary. That's not scary. It just sucks. That's like, oh, no. Gift of the Magi. I cut off my hair. Sucks. For you to get a watch chain. Oh, no. I sold my watch for you to have a comb. Oh, no. Wah, wah. Now you're not rich. It does exactly have that vibe of Gift of the Magic. Like, it's just very, I don't know, street tale-ish, you know? Yeah. Not anyway. really anything special. Filler. Apologies to Jay <laughs> Bennett. Yeah. Written in 75. Because who knows what this story was written for? It's also very short. It's maybe, yeah. the sh- I think, the shortest one of the book. Thank God. Definitely feels like filler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, skippable. Yeah. Next up, Blood Kiss by D.E. Athkins, a.k.a. Dathkins. I can't remember this one. This is oh, wait. a weird one. Okay. Yeah. This one, too. I was just like, okay. Like, is this, this is the one with the, like, sexy vampire guy? Yeah. Everybody in school thinks he's a vampire and he's dating all the girls and no one will talk about okay, it. Okay. He dresses like fucking Timothy Chalamet in uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's 
so hot. <sighs> they're like, oh my God, he's totally oh a vampire. God, and then he like vampire. fucks his way through all these different girls. <laughs> and they're all like wearing scarves afterward. And they're all like sort of implying, no, 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 they're just techies. Mm-hmm. And Delia is like the most obsessed with him and the most in love. Delia is also like a fucking drip. Yeah. And Ugh. she's like studying up on vampires. Oh, and yeah. like after her friend, her both her friends date him, Val and um, where's the other name? Delia Val. Where's the third girl? I don't know. Where'd the second she go? I read their names, I forgot them because they didn't matter. Where'd she go? Because she's just preambled to Delia. Wasn't it three? I think it was two of her friends. And then it was like other girls. Because there was another like Beth or whatever. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Our main girl is Elizabeth, not Delia. Mm-hmm. Delia's the friend. Delia's the other friend. That's why I was only seeing her name. It's because Elizabeth is quiet and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Elizabeth who's the most obsessed with him. Her friends, Val and Delia, both date him. They won't talk about their her, their experience with him. This is also a really short one, actually. Yeah. Um. So Elizabeth is studying up and then she dates him and she's like, so are you a vampire or what? And he's like, ha 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 ha. And she's like, no, for real. And he's like, yeah, but like every girl in school is like a fucking tease and won't let me actually drink their blood. Yeah, I know. He's like, they're cucking me out on blood. (laughs) (laughs) They're blood cucking me. They're turning me into some kind of blood cuck. Yeah, they're giving me uh, red balls. Mm. And like a bloody soy boy over here, yeah. not getting any. And then uh, Elizabeth is like, "But I'm a pick me girl, so you should fight <laughs> so me. You shouldn't pick me." And then he oh, does. his name is Ken. Oh Ken yeah, Ken the vampire. Ken the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, "No, but like, why?" She like she actually bites him. Yeah. And so like because she actually bites him, he knows she's serious, and then they like vampire get it on. Yeah, the end. They're vampires now. Kind Hooray. of a forgettable entry. Yeah. I mean, as soon as it was over, I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess she turned. Okay. I, I do. Fine. This one did make an impression on me because of her biting him before she's even a vampire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, she wants it. Yeah. And I could see this as being something more titillating when you're younger yeah. than now. Because now I'm just like. Okay. I did remember nothing of the lead up. However, it wasn't until I got to the moment where, where she bites him and I was like, oh, I do remember this story. Because <laughs> Did you read this when you were a little? I don't think 13? I did. I don't think I did. No, I don't think I read this one. Yeah. So it took me till the very end till I remembered the right. story. Right, right, right. Okay, so next so, up is whatever. It's, next it's, up, yeah. A Little Taste of Death by Patricia Windsor. Oh. Another weird one. Yeah, this one was weird too. And also like the the final zinger that she gives the guy at the end. I was like, okay. Like, All right. <laughs> Why was this ever a problem then? I'm sorry. Can then we please go back to the fact that you killed a fucking dog? Yeah. And, and boiled it, it in your grandma's kitchen? <laughs> Why'd you do that then? I guess that was the only because it was like I'm evil. Oh wait, no, I didn't eat the whole thing. I'm fine. I was like, yeah. So like, you got it out of your system. Yeah, is that just like you're or done? You like just killed a dog. Also, she's being such a bitch to her grandma. Like, I know her grandma's like a bitch to her, but like the thoughts she's thinking where she's like, I can't wait till you're cold in the fucking ground. Like, <laughs> I was dying. She was so mean to her. Can you? I don't remember how it starts. Can you? S- Start out how it how it goes. Yeah. 
All right. So our girl Louie <laughs> staying with her grandma in her house in DeLonga, which is a very boring town. And she's visiting her for some reason. She usually lives in Atlanta. And she's she's reading the newspaper. And she's so flipping bored that she's reading the classifieds. Oh, right. And she comes across an entry. And it just reads... Oh, she gets to the personals mm-hmm. finally. And it just reads, remember the lollipop? The man in the white hat? Those who remembered were asked to call a local number immediately. It could save your life. As a premise, this is really good. As a premise, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it starts yeah. out. That's very creepy. But uh, the the execution. Yeah. It's very creepy. It's like she she has this memory of taking a lollipop from a strange man on a train when she was little. And he had a white hat and she tries to like sort of ignore it. And is like, that's ridiculous. I'm not calling this number, but she does. And somebody on the phone tells her to come to this meeting they're having of other people who took the lollipop. And she gets there and it is this support group for people who are turning evil. (laughs) Yeah. And she meets this like guy that's like kind of cute at the beginning. Bobby Lee, I think. Yeah. And he's like. And she's like, oh, my God, I trust him, which why? And he's like, guys, if we're being so evil, we should just all kill ourselves. And they're all like, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. And they're like this way, that way. And she's like, "Okay, I'm going to leave. Yeah, this is not for me. But on her way home, because also she had been reading all of the like lost dog ads. Yeah. She encounters one of the lost dogs. And even though like. At the beginning of the story, like her heart was going off out to them and she was like memorizing these dogs in case she ever came across one. And now here she does and she just like kicks it away. And also she remembers it from she's like, oh, yeah, this is one of those lost dogs. Meh. Yeah, she fully remembers it and kicks it away anyway. Yeah. And she goes home and then she's either a, a super bitch to her grandma before bed or in the morning. <laughs> she's like late getting up. She's she, really tired and grumpy. She's so mean to her. She just keeps like talking about how like she hates her old ass dumpy ass grandma. <laughs> so mean. And she is having these weird dreams about Bobby Lee. And she's like, I guess I'm in love with him because I can't stop dreaming about oh him. Oh, my God. And he's like goading her on to do things. And then she she like f- wakes up and she feels bad. And she's like, I did something bad. What did I do? I feel like I did something bad. And then she goes down in the kitchen and her grandma's freaking out because there's a fucking dog corpse boiling in a pot on the stove. And she's like, oh, right. I killed a dog. Yeah. And so she she runs outside with a pot of dog and dumps it out. And then Bobby Lee comes a call in and he's like, now you're mine. And she's like, mm-hmm, not so fast because guess what I remembered? I only took one lick of the lollipop. So you have no power over me. And he's like, oh, geez. To me, I was like, okay. I was like, I guess this is how the rules work in this world. And like, I'm fine not understanding the rules, but there's so little given of the like details of the lollipop and him and what his deal might be like it's not even fully hinted it's like is it a soul stealing lollipop well also like i'm not saying you have to fully explain it to me but i'd like a little more creepy detail yeah and here's here's what i always think about like magical rules right mhm 
I don't have to know them in and out, but you as the writer should. Like, Mm -hmm. you should at least have some idea, like, or if it's ambiguous, it should be intentionally so. And it didn't feel that way here. Like, it just felt like, "Mm, perfect solution. She only licked some of it. And I'm like, oh, I guess that means she doesn't. Because then I'm like, what what even was this? Yeah, and meanwhile, everybody else has killed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be creepier and scarier. But like, there's not really much of a sense of foreboding somehow. No, there are no stakes, really. I mean, there are for people not on the page, but not for our main character. (laughs) But not for our our girl, Louie, who hates her grandma. Yeah. So that one is another one of those which I was like, "Mm, all right. It was fine. I think we'll be coming up on one soon that I was like, "Eh?" (laughs) like, so confused. Okay, wait, so what's uh, after this Is it one? perhaps Caroline B. Cooney's Where the Deer Are? Yep. Is that the next yeah, one? So, no, there's a couple in between. <laughs> so the, the next one is The Doll by Carol Ellis. Oh, okay. I mean, this one's very straightforward. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. fun, creepy. Creepy doll, creepy Victorian doll. Yeah. Gotta respect that. Yeah, it's just a classic kind of like, you know, Annabelle the doll kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, her girl, Abby Rogers and her mom and her little sister, Lindsay. Lindsay and spelled how you spell Lindsay. I know. So I was like, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always exciting to see one's name in print. It is. Um, (laughs) So they move. So it starts with a man climbing down a cliff because he like noticed a box and opens it. And then it's like three months earlier. (laughs) And I was like, that man's going to die. Abby. Yeah, that man's doomed. It's Abby and her mom and her little sister, Lindsay, moving into this new Victorian house. And Abby is very drawn to the attic. So she volunteers to clean it. And she finds this uh, Victorian dark-haired doll. And the doll's eyes won't close. And then the doll starts trying to kill her friends. And she like can she can like see the doll's like intent and mind like when she sleeps. And <laughs> she keeps seeing yeah, like she's, tiny She's having hands. premonition dreams. Yeah. And like little like hee hee giggles and like little yeah. running feet tiny running feet okay i did scamper, scamper, laugh scamper. i laughed really hard at how the dog killed the 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 boyfriend or the guy i guess just the idea of this like little doll running around like fully running just, around. like fully ran out in front of a car yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i know it's like horrible car accidents are like a leading cause of death blah 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 but like just the the visual of this like little like satin slipper doll like sprinting around was very funny to me Mm -hmm. yep so it tries to kill her friends unsuccessful is able to kill the boyfriend the potential boyfriend just before their date oh wait doesn't kill boyfriend is the first death uh she tries to push her friend aaron down the stairs she tries to smash uh holly's head in i'm getting this mixed up with, with a different story and then she tries to burn Lindsay alive in her yes, do- in her treehouse. Tree I'm I'm mixing that up. Um, but then she story. does successfully get Mark to crash his car, and so Abby throws the doll over the cliff. And then we cut back to that guy finding it, and is like, "Oh, good, Christmas is so soon, and my nine year old daughter loves dolls." Yep. Uh oh. Condolences to you and yours. I mean, we all saw it coming. Like, I liked that one. It was it was very basic, but it was fun, and I like a scary yeah. doll. Uh huh. And it was it was uh, eerie. Yeah, decently written. Carol Ellis is good at that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Somebody died. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll rate it average. Average, good. average. Okay, average then what's after this one? House of Horrors. Very short one oh, by J.B. Stamper. 
JB is a woman. Okay. Um, there's a story that goes in this one because they included the about the authors in the back of the book. Oh. This one says, while visiting the famous Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in London, J.B. Stamper was terrified while walking through the Chamber of Horrors. Luckily, the exit door was open, but her imagination never forgot how it felt to be surrounded by those eerie wax bodies. And in her story, she made sure the exit door was locked. I mean, I figured it was coming from a place of her being <laughs> scared of, <laughs> Freaked of out wax, by wax figures. It's crazy that this oh. House of Horrors has so many, this like seemingly like Halloween haunt you know, like Halloween Horror Nights kind of situation. It's like a permanent Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, with like a bunch of wax figures, which, uh-huh. I mean, granted, Halloween is usually a cold time of year, but in California, I just feel like if you have wax figures, you need to make sure there's AC always. Um, yes. But this one I just felt, I was like, whatever. I skimmed this one pretty it hard because it was. This was v- a very short fireside yeah tale yeah so our guy mark he works in the house of horrors which i guess is some sort of year-round <laughs> haunted house display um another guy elliot who's better looking works with him and then this hot girl lisa lisa like finally for the first time he gets an invite to one of their after hours parties they tell him to hide away from the from their boss after close and then they'll turn on all the lights and have a party he waits they did not wait with him. The whole place is locked. He can't get out. And one of the figures of a woman is following him through the rooms, like just keeps appearing in the rooms and then comes at him from behind, cut to Lisa <laughs> clocking in in the morning like, haha, I can't wait for Mark to tell me how much I scared him by being a bitch. So it was just all a joke. And That's mean. Yeah, it was very mean. And, and it says... Um, blah, blah, blah. Lisa noticed that the woman with the long blonde hair was in a new place, leaning over a body on the, on a sofa. For a second, Lisa's heart seemed to stop. She was sure nothing had been there before. Walking closer, Lisa looked down at the wax figure of a young man whose face was twisted in terror. For a crazy second, she almost screamed. The figure looked just like Mark. But then Lisa reached out and touched the face, and all she felt was the cold smoothness of wax. Wouldn't you still be like... Why is there suddenly a wax figure yeah. that looks like Mark? Yeah. I'd still be disturbed by that personally. <laughs> I would be disturbed by it in combination with, too, her being like, oh, I left Mark I'm going to trap here. you in this house. <laughs> yeah. And you don't seem to be at work today. And the most mundane. That would scare me more than anything. Seriously, the most mundane explanation for this is actually maybe a little scarier where it's like, oh, so he, with the time that he spent being locked in here, like made a wax figure of himself. <laughs> To get back at me, he somehow made a wax figure of himself and posed it. That's also terrifying on a completely different level. Yeah, but she's just like, oh, weird. Oh. Wow, I thought that was Mark for a second. (laughs) Must be the wind. I guess it's, yeah. My imagination, I must be hearing things. It looked like Mark. (laughs) I must be be hearing wax statues that look like Mark. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, that one. Very short To me, very skippable, very short. Um, better, much, much better than Gucci Oli oh, miniature, though. Yes. M- like, world's better. Yes. At least it was a creepy ghost story. Yeah. So next up uh, is Where the Deer Are by Caroline B. Cooney. Look, CBC, I love you. I couldn't even tell how old these children were. I didn't know what the fuck was they happening. Like children, children. Yeah. I can tell you what was happening. 
Mother Nature was getting her revenge. Well, yeah, because we're get, we're we're getting rid of of the the forest natural and, spaces. Yeah, so then you know it's it's like the happening, but for deer. Yes, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, the this girl Tiffany is deer super afraid of the deer in her neighborhood. Hates the woods. Keeps calling their eyes deeroid eyes, which is very weird. Yeah, she keeps saying it's like they're they have no gender and are like seem dead inside. They're yeah. just these deeroid. Um, says in the way that doll babies are neither male nor female, but just personoids. The deer on Fawn Hill were not bucks and not does. They were deeroids, and she kept she keeps seeing deeroids. Yeah, and there's this curve in town. That everybody calls Dead Kid Curve because two kids vanished there. They never found their bodies. They just vanished. She and her friends are walking to school. The bitchy lead of the group, Janie, keeps announcing that, like, the cliff has chosen one of us. Oh, I know. I know. Like, now Dead Kid Curve will claim one of us. And I was like, shut up, Janie, you bitch. (laughs) Wait, I just kept being like, what are you talking about? But she was right. but she was right is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Tiffany keeps feeling like the like the deer hate her and her af- and are after her and she's right is the thing. Yeah. And then it seems like Janie disappears and the guys go back to look for her. Tiffany is too scared. She goes ahead to school and she's looking at herself in the bathroom mirror and a fucking deer climbs out. <laughs> yep. And then all the deer are after her and chasing her and she disappears into a deer void and nobody can find her. <laughs> nope. And then people don't even really notice she's gone. Well, because they all went back to look for Janie and she stayed at the school. So they don't know that right. she got taken at the school. So she got taken by the deer. The end. So that's another weird one. And the writing of it was like strange. Tiffany's got problems. Yeah. Tiffany is an extremely anxious child. Or teenager. We don't know. Or possibly teenager. But like, why do they keep calling it dead kid curve? I don't know. It just seemed very kiddish. It seemed very kiddish. So I think I think they're like kid kids. Maybe yeah. junior high. But they seem like 10-year-olds to me. So anyway, Tiffany's gone. A fucking deer gets her. <laughs> a bunch of deer. Yes. She's super scared of the woods. Yeah. So that was the one where I was like, mm, don't know what happened with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is what happens. And it's then, just weird. I mean, she, yeah, she I got taken by the I appreciate the weirdness. Huh? But it, I, I sort of ended it going, okay. Yeah. But also I appreciate the weirdness of it. Oh, me too. I love the the commitment to it and just the like, yeah, this is just going to be a weird deer fever dream. Yep. Um. Uh, so next up is The Spell by R.L. Stein. Oh, yeah. I liked this one. Really good one. What? I said really good one. Yeah, really good one. Um, yeah. uh, wait, can you remind me how this begins again? Um. Our main character, I don't, what is her name? Jennifer, maybe? Yeah, Jennifer. Um, she is sitting in her house, just staring at the phone. It starts with, I know I should call the police about William, but I'm just sitting here staring at the phone. It's as if someone has cast a spell over me or something. Yeah. William will be here soon. I don't know what he's going to do to me. I really should call the police. But I keep thinking this just isn't the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we were all such good friends, all five of us. And then it goes into the story of her, Erica, Stan. I mean, Erica and Stan, who are a couple. And then there's William. And then there's Marty. 
Uh, everyone always teases William, especially Marty. Marty is like popular and gets whatever he wants. Parts in the Music Man, jobs as waiters. William's very bitter. Start studying hypnotism. We have another R.L. Stein boy that's into hypnotism slash. Oh yeah, just like the sleepwalker. Yeah, slash like. Uh, uh, like well, he's not into magic. No, but like kind of that world, right? Like parlor yes, games. Yes, <laughs> to parlor. Yes, <laughs> yes, parlor tricks. So he, um, yeah, he gets really into, and I loved to like. So William is like very jealous of um everyone, but mostly Marty because Marty is like the guy where everything comes easy to him, and William is like this angry incel, but he has a girlfriend. Uh, but he has that kind of attitude of like, oh, like no one cuts me a break. No one does this. And it's like, I never get anything I want. I don't know, William. Maybe Marty was just better, better at the audition than you. And that's why he got the part. And I'm sure he was. He was. And and like, okay, so like he got a job as a, get a job as a waiter somewhere else. Yeah. There's not just one restaurant in town. Uh, Yeah. I don't care how smart your town is. Yeah. Or just like, you don't have to be a waiter. You can get another job, something else. Yeah. But he thinks, and every time Marty gets something and he's like, well, where do you get it? And somebody's like, I don't know, because he just did. He's like, why do you take his side? Yeah, he keeps making everybody take sides and it gets really awkward. And it just felt very, um, it, it, I liked, I mean, I didn't like, I wouldn't want to hang out with these characters, but I liked these characters that they were just like. They, they were relatable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's like stomping around being all pissed off and he's like, hey, guys. Uh, and you know people are kind of giving him shit like stan who's the who's the other guy like when marty's not around stan kind of becomes the marty of the group kind of giving william more shit again and they're they all kind of make fun of him a little bit about um his hypnotism (laughs) and he's like hey guys um why don't you come over and um they're like hey hypnotize us or whatever and he's like yeah 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 so he does it and it doesn't work and then he's like hey why don't we eat some ice cream do you want some ice cream? And so they're like, sure, sure, sure. He feeds them ice cream. And then he's like, Stan, what was the other girl's name? Erica. He's like, Stan, Erica, go stand out on the highway. And they just do it. This moment is really good, I think. It's so scary. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, the main character, she's like, no, don't go there. And they're just completely blank-faced, standing, s- slight smile, kind of like culty vibe on the like on the fucking street on the highway and like cars are having to swerve to get away and he's like okay i'll tell them to come back william's like i'll tell them to come back if you promise not to tell anybody about this and she's like i promise i promise i promise and he's like okay come back and then they do and then they'd have no memory of it and honestly i like that marty actually dies me too i thought that was cool it was really fucked up mm-hmm. so basically i'm sorry what's the main character's name again Jennifer. Jennifer's like because we're because we're in her head. We barely get her name. <laughs> right, right, right. She's like, oh no, I figured it all out. She calls Stan and Erica, and she's like, if he tries to hypnotize you again, like just pretend, just pretend, and but fight it, fight it, because you can't do anything you don't actually want to do. Um, and she's like, he's gonna try and like do something really bad, and they're like, okay, okay, okay. And then the next thing she hears is that, or then they're all hanging out at William's house again. And William's like, do you guys want some ice cream? They eat the ice cream again. And he takes this baseball bat and he gives it to Stan. And he's like, okay, Stan, go. He's like, hypnotize, hypnotize, No, it's, hypnotize. he already has a baseball bat. 
Oh, that's right. He says, go home and get your Pete Rose baseball bat. That's right. That's right. And he's like, you're hypnotized. You're hypnotized. And he's like, yes, I am hypnotized. And then he's like, go, uh, go find Marty and hit him in the head six times as hard as you can with this baseball bat. And then leave the bat. And leave the ba- like place the baseball bat next to it, like in easy view. So that he'll for sure be convicted. Yeah, of killing Marty. And Stan is like, "Yes, okay," and gets up. And Jessica's like, "Oh, thank God! I told him to pretend, <laughs> so it didn't actually happen, but it does." And Marty's fucking brains are splattered all over the fucking ground. He's murdered by Eric or Stan. I mean. He's murdered by Stan. Mm-hmm. And then William calls Jessica and he's like, I have one last thing to take care of. And that's you. And she's like, no, you didn't. You, you, you thought you hypnotized them, but you didn't actually do it. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I hypnotized you a long time ago. You've been hypnotized this whole time. So just stay there and I'm going to come get you. And she's like, no. And he's like, yes. And then he hangs up the phone and then it ends with her being. Well, he says his, because his trick is that he gives them ice cream and he says, here, have some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And so he says that to her in that moment. He says, yes, he will. And then he says, here, have some ice cream. And then she can't move. Yeah. And she's like, well, and I love how it ends. If you have the book in front of you, those mm-hmm. last two lines of hers are really good. Creepy. Yeah. So, so blah, blah, blah. No more talking, he said abruptly. I have no choice. I have to take care of you too, Jennifer. I'm coming right over. I realized I was trembling all over, trembling so hard I nearly dropped the phone. Too bad she didn't. William, the line was silent for a moment. And then William said, here, have some ice cream. He hung up right after that. And I'm sitting here in the dark in front of the phone. I know I should call the police or run or something, but I don't seem to be able to. It's so dark in here, so quiet. Oh, well, William will be here any minute. Maybe he'll tell me what to do. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. Creepy. Loved it. And I love that it was like open-ended. Mm-hmm. It was great. It's so much creepier to just have her, to just leave it with her sitting there. Waiting. Waiting for William to tell her what to do. So good. Very good. I thought that one was great. I thought it was one of his better works. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What's after that one? Next one is dedicated to the one I love by Diane Ho, the one where the oh, girls all yeah. kill. Yeah, this it, is uh, it's, uh, it's John John Tucker must I was die, just but say he that. does. <laughs> yes, yes, but like the so we've got these the three best friends. Yeah, <laughs> Marla, Lee, and Carrie. Yeah, and they're all listening to the radio, and then suddenly the DJ comes on. Their favorite DJ, by the way, Bobby G. <laughs> So many Bobbies in this book. Yeah. Um, and he announces a dedication to Carrie by someone who loves her. And it is, um, where's the title? You Turn Me On. And Carrie freaks out because it's hers and Richie's song. We find out that Richie was this older guy. Creepy. Who was playing them all. The triple timing uh, was, yeah, triple timing them. Told them all like, "Oh, don't tell anyone we're dating because I'm older. I don't want your parents to find out." And so none of them knew that they were all dating him. And God bless them for not getting mad at each other. I love that they were like, "Cool, let's." Uh, they were like work together. Well, she couldn't have known. Yeah, and and they find out. Um, 
I guess we may as well recap it in the order that it happens in the book. Sure. So, ooh, creepy, creepy gets this dedication and they're like, only Richie knew and like, well, he's not around to be dedicating songs to me. And they're like, uh, yeah, that's weird. And then she goes home, decides to take a bath, brings the radio up with her. And while she's in the bathtub, a widening blob of gray-green muck spreads across the white wooden sill. She steps into the tub and then, boom, Marla gets a call the next morning from Lee saying that Carrie is dead. The radio fell in the bathtub with her. Creepy. Scary. And then they're talking about it at school. Lee and Marla are talking about how weird it is that like somebody dedicated that song to her. The other kids at their table, because all these kids do is listen to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> in classic 1991 fashion. Yeah, that's all there was to do. This is definitely not the writer writing from their own teenage experience. <laughs> um, They're all listening to the radio. Same station. They're like, uh, no one dedicated a song to Carrie. I was listening the entire night. Right, what are you talking about? We all heard it. I don't know what to tell you. So then that night, somebody dedicates a song to Lee. Next day, Marla finds out that Lee fell down the stairs and is paralyzed and she was a ballerina. And so that's very sad. Yeah. And she had a, the song dedicated to her was knife to the heart, like falling for you. Oh, where she fell down the stairs. So Marla is catching on. <laughs> yep. And she is depressed. And then a few weeks later, she's like, not showering, not talking to people. People are at school are avoiding her. Yeah. A few weeks later, she gets her dedication knife to the heart. And she's like, well, I'm going to get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> so she calls the radio station. She's like, why are you dedicating these songs to us? Who is dedicating these songs? DJ's like, don't know what you're talking about. She's like, well, I killed my boyfriend and I think he's dedicating them to us. And he's killed my friends. And he's like, mm, interesting. Would you mind staying on the line and telling us the whole story? I know. And then he's like mouthing to the guy behind the glass. He's like, call 911. And like she gives her address because she's like, I'm going to confess the whole thing. And then people, the police need to come to my house and save me. So she says her address. Everybody all over town grabs a notebook. And she's telling the whole story. So what they did was when they confronted Richie about triple timing them, he's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Variety's the spice of life, kiddos. Ew, I hate it. Anyway, that. do you guys want to give me a ride to the airport tomorrow? Because I am off to bigger and better things. And then Lee, who is apparently the coolest one in the group, is like, yeah, 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 we'll drive you to the airport, sure. And the plan is to drive him out to the swamp and leave him there. But when they do force him out and they have a fake gun, they close the door and Marla speeds off. And it turns out Richie's tie got caught in the door and they dragged him and killed him. That was so cool. And they're like, yeah, he like wasn't even recognizable as human after that. I was yeah. like, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they were like, shit, let's just bury him in the swamp. And they do. And they do. So they toss him in a bog. And then she tells the whole story. The DJ is like, uh, that's bonkers. And then Marla hangs up and she hears sirens. And she's like, oh, good. Thank God they're coming to save me. And then she smells that bog stench. And she slips on that bog slime or the bog slime comes a knife just straight up comes out of nowhere and slits her. No, no, no. It's that she so she a light fixture falls down and swings across her, oh. her neck 
And she's running and slipping and sliding because she's so freaked out. And it's like slits her throat. She dies or something. It like stabs her. Yeah. And then the cops like come in and find her dead. Yep. And so sad. She couldn't she couldn't escape her past. She tried, and frankly, I'm on their side. I am. It was an accident. It's it sucks that Richie won. Yeah. Fuck Richie. Yeah. It really sucks that he won. Oh well, sometimes sometimes the good good doesn't always prevail. No, it doesn't. It was a pretty good story. Yeah, it was. I liked that one. I was getting that one with like people dying uh, mixed up with the Arl Stein story. Gotcha. And so I was like, oh, yeah, they're dead. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's after that one? Hacker by Sinclair Smith. <laughs> not my favorite. No, not my favorite either. <laughs> to be honest with you, that one was uh, not great. Um, the teacher. <laughs> the teacher is just so lame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate a practical jokester killer. Me too. Some fucking Riddler shit. Or no. Yes, the the attitude, the tone. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really off-putting. Also, the jokes are never funny. So it's like not... Exactly. That's the thing is it's like, I'm a little jokester. And I'm like, but where are the jokes though? Also, I should clarify, I do mean the Joker, but I also mean Jim Carrey's Riddler, which acted as a second Joker. So that's all I'm saying. Yes. It is more like... Like, it is... It feels more like Riddler than Joker. Yeah. Energy. And in particular, Jim Carrey. Because it's like, because it's very jokey. Like, I've got little rhymes. Yeah, he did a lot of rhymes. He did a lot of rhymes. Um, So in this one, people are getting uh, rhymey death emails. Here is one such example. Roses by the handful, violets by the bunch. Should I kill you after breakfast or wait till after lunch? Like, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's funny or clever. Right, exactly. I'm not feeling it so basically there's this girl she's in computer class she hates computer class it's so boring but then her Her name is violet um her teacher oh yeah her name is violet uh her teacher he is a mr umberto he's a practical joker he's also handsome he's very handsome and he hates rudeness hates rudeness and he also really likes the hannibal of jokers (laughs) yes yes and he's very into like pruning plants because he's got all these plants everywhere Yep. So she's like, I hate computer class. And he's, I don't want to be here. My dad's making me be And here. he's like, excuse me. And she's like, just kidding. I'm so sorry. That was really rude. I'm going to come to the after class things to like get better at computer mm-hmm. class. She's like, I'm sorry. I forgot that you were hot for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, that's okay. Um, I have a little secret. And she, I'm a practical joker. This, yeah. <laughs> she's like. That's your secret. Here's mine that's not comparable or makes sense to share in this context whatsoever. Or even a secret. Or a secret at all. Here's a non sequitur. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't like computers? I like practical jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and now now we find we have something in common. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Very normal Incorrect. human. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am not crazy at all. Yeah, he's like, I Normal haven't murdered conversing. a bunch of people and put them in my plants. Like, mm-hmm. Nope. I'm not a Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He's like a mix of poison he ivy. He really is just fully a Batman villain named the hacker. Yeah. Yeah. Because he both sends you an email, which isn't hacking, by the way. No. And he hacks you up and puts you in plants. Yeah. So double meaning hacker. And then... So blah, 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 messages, messages. She, this is 
So I don't know that Sinclair Smith knows how computers work either. Because simply because she is at a shared terminal, she accidentally types in a password when she gets back to her desk. And the message on the screen, it's not her account. It is the hacker's account. And there's a little rhyme there. And she's like, oh, my God, I hacked into the hacker's network. And I was like, how did you enter their username? Yeah. So for this, the thing that was so weird was that like, yeah, it was the username password situation of like there was no username typed in. And so she just types in a random password for the computer, which turns out to be the word roses. Yes. I don't recall what 1991 computers were really like i don't have strong memories of that um so maybe all you had to do was type in a password that like and it would automatically log you into whatever user profile that was like yeah because they are they're synced up at the school yeah so like i guess it's just like she's like i just typed gibberish the odds of that too but like she literally just typed the word roses yeah it just uh, it simply no. doesn't make sense. So she tells Mr. Umberto and he's like, don't be silly. It couldn't be the hackers because he's only leaving messages at people's home computers. And she's like, well, great. I don't have one. She gets home. Guess what? Dad bought her a home computer. Also, he's on vacation <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Surprise Bye. vacation for dad. Wee. And then she starts getting messages, messages. She's told not to go to the police. And that's how they'll know that they can trust her. She does go to the police. She stupidly tells Mr. Umberto about everything. He's like, hmm, jokety joke joke or something. And then she gets a cactus as a gift at some point. She puts it in the corner. La la la. Messages, messages. I know you went to the police. Rhymedy rhyme rhyme. Uh, she's like, oh, no, I have to warn Mr. Brown. It's real. It's Mr. Umberto. <clears throat> because Mr. Umberto confesses it. And she's like, Oh, and he's like, just kidding. It's my practical joke. <laughs> Remember how I told you that? And she's like, oh, ha, ha, so funny. And then he's like, great. I totally got you to buy that. And then she messages his next victim, Mr. Brown. She's like, by the way, that last message was for me, the hacker. I'm coming to kill you. That inspires Mr. Brown to take the goofy message more seriously. He calls the cops. They find Mr. Umberto like stalking him in the bushes. It turns out he'd been cutting up his previous victims, putting them in plant pots, and then sending it to his future victims, which is creepy. That's that's legit creepy. That is creepy. But what's funny is, you know, where I could have had it ended is when he's when when she learns like, oh, get sent to the future victims. So then now we know, oh, the cactus. But instead, it was it has to like, oh, that would have been fun. It like overdid it where it was like. Which means that body parts were in petunias, uh, daisies, and a cactus. The one she got sent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is... We got it. Or it would have been cool if like, she had figured that out. And then like, maybe Mr. Umberto actually gets her. Maybe not. Like It just ends yeah. up her going, like, there's like body parts in my plant. Yeah, or he gets her. He gets her and he puts her in the cactus or something. That would be cool if it were like that he sends it to future victims to then put their or like maybe sends it to the houses of of past victims as like a consolation thing for their like family. Yeah, I think I this might be unfair to the story, but just like because of all the other stories being like very cool, like open ended. Yeah. 
things I like wanted to see that again, which maybe isn't part yeah. of this story, but I think it would have been cooler if it was just a little more threatening, a little more creepy, yeah, a little more sure. danger. Instead, it's like, and she saved the day. Yep, <laughs> and the end. Umberto and all of that is, is off time. camera. Yeah, or, I mean, off page. Yep. Yeah. So, eh. eh. Big okay. on this what's the yeah. What's the next, next one? one is another weird one. And this one's really got to me as a teenager. I thought this one was real creepy. Death Flash by A. Bates. Oh, yeah. That one is cool. That one was cool. It's weird. Yeah. So in this one, a girl is driving uh, Marissa. She's on her way to pick up her little brother, Robert, I think. And on the way there, she accidentally hits a cat. Yeah, Robbie. She accidentally hits a cat. Because uh, these two cats came out fighting all of a sudden. One of them is like on death's door. She's trying to chase it down to help it. And she sees what she only ever refers to as an it. Mm-hmm. It's this like shadow creature about the size of the cat. And it chases the cat down. And the cat suffers this like very unpleasant death, like fear-filled death. And a light emerges from the cat. And the shadowy creature eats the light. And it's basically like the shadow creature ate the cat's soul. Yeah. This like radioactive energy that comes out of a body upon death. Yeah. And so she's freaked. She grabs the other cat and goes to pick up her brother. Her brother weirdly knows about this radiation thing. Yeah. That was maybe the only part of the story. I was like, I really don't need like your pseudoscientific explanation of yeah. this death light. You can just yeah. have it be a light. Or I'm sure it's based off know. of that. You know, I'm sure of... it's based off of like some yeah, study showed that's that. True. But it's just like a little too convenient that the brother like knows about it. Cause then I was like, oh, he's involved. Yeah. And then she finds the article. And also it's like A Bates didn't want to write the article. No. So she has no. she has Marissa read the article. And then she goes, okay, I've got a sort this out in my head so I'll paraphrase it to myself as I walk. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. What is this like device? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is this story device you're yeah. using? It's very silly, very unnecessary. I don't need there to be a scientific explanation. No. Just you saw a light and now you see how, how it is when things die. Yeah. So she's driving around. She starts seeing the shadow creature other places and it's bigger. It's like the size and shape of a man now. And she can see the souls of other beings trapped inside it, pushing to get out. Very creepy. Yeah. Um, the cat at home is mewling all the time. Turns out it's pregnant. She tells Robbie about what's going on. I like that he believed her right She's away. She's like, me too. I was like, I don't need to waste time yeah. with somebody doubting her. So she's like, maybe I can defeat the shadow creature because now the shadow creature creature is stalking her because the shadow creature can also set you up to die mm-hmm. like it sort of like made the cats fight and jump out in front of the car it caused this man's death in a factory it like it's pushing people to die and so it's after her because it knows that she saw it comes into their house she and robbie are like huddled in the corner with the cat she doesn't know what she's gonna do and then the shadow creature sees a light and eats it and gets defeated and all the lights that were within it escape and are free because it tried to eat a life flash because at that moment the cat gave birth to the kittens i really liked this story i did too it was very sweet i don't know it was like really spooky very suspenseful yeah 
and life say life finds a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cute, and and yeah. it was scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was one. a good one. Okay, which which number are we on right now? Which number of the of the stories? Um, are we almost done? I think we're I think we're close because I remember this we, one being towards. We're the very end. close. Oh, oh, that's very interesting. What are there more than thirteen? We are now at the thirteenth. Collect call two is a f- bonus fourteenth story. Oh, because it's like technically, I guess. Interesting. Huh. It's a two. Wait, so that was the thirteenth one. So, so this is the thirteenth one. The boy next door, which I also really liked. What was this one? This one is our girls working at her ice cream parlor. <laughs> oh, I loved this one. I loved the ending it. on this was outstanding. It's outstanding. I mean, from the beginning, you kind of know something's like, or not the beginning, but like from the moment that like he, I just, I loved that he was someone she kind of well, knew. I suspected, but <sighs> I didn't suspect until late. Me too. Maybe like a little bit of the like way very in. Very late. When she wasn't really that scared. I was like, oh. She was really handling yeah. this like a, tr- this, like a champ. This was great. Um, I loved that it was like someone that she kind of knew that she had gone on a date with and it like didn't work out. Like I I really love this story. Who did this yeah, one? And he's like really dead inside. This is by someone we've never read before. Ellen Emerson White. Maybe we should look at Yeah, I'm going to really quick. Ellen. Because um, this is also 91. Ellen Emerson White, American author. Oh, interesting. The only one that's from 1975 is the the Guccioli miniature. So include that. Interesting. So she wrote, she didn't write a bunch of horror books. She wrote like, I mean, a lot of like historical fiction. Mm. Oh, wait, she wrote these like friends books, friends for life. Oh, interesting. interesting. So friends for life is the friends number one book. Uh, originally published 1990, when her best friend is found dead, supposedly from a drug overdose, 17-year-old Susan suspects murder and determines to find out the truth. So they're like suspense. Okay. Suspense. And what are these ones? Echo Company. Okay. These are like war, <laughs> like war, war stories. Like, like, hmm. okay. Okay. Michael, Snoopy, Sarge, and the rest of the squad wouldn't have chosen to spend Christmas patrolling the jungles of Vietnam if they'd had a choice there, that is. So what was an army nurse doing wandering hurt and frightened in those same jungles? She wasn't supposed to be there, not in the middle of a war. They certainly couldn't have imagined the harrowing story she had to tell. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. And then she also wrote Santa Paws, the picture book. <laughs> and then a lot of like sports, sports. Um, Santa Paws. Oh, she wrote a Shaquille O'Neal book. Bo Jackson. She Ooh. wrote a load, a lot of like sports. Um, yeah. The president's Interesting. daughter. Interesting. And then a lot of like biographies, Kailani, The People's Princess, Hawaii, 1889, Voyage on the Great Titanic, The Diary of Margaret Ann Brady. Huh. What an interesting type of author. Cool. Yeah. A lot of like daughters of presidents books. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. Yeah. Like Meg Powers is the daughter of the president of the United States. She's about to end her first year of college. She's living through the worst year of her life. Last June, Meg was kidnapped by terrorists. Brutalized, starved, and left for dead. Oh, my God. Whoa. Uh, but she survives. She escapes. Brutalized. Uh, she was shackled in, the, in a deserted mine shaft and had to smash the bones in her own hand to escape. Whoa. So then she's in physical therapy, and then she's going to college, and she has a shattered sense of herself and her family. 
Oh my God. Will she ever forgive her mother, the president, for her cannot, have not, and will not negotiate with terrorist stance even when it came to her own daughter? Oh my God. Wow. I mean, it has like really good ratings on um on Goodreads, like 4.14 stars. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Huh. Well, she this is like an unusual story for the genre. So that doesn't surprise me too much that she doesn't typically yeah it was cool YA horror yeah um so the story is that she's working at the ice cream parlor it's super dead because it's winter and they're um in like New England I think and um her friend comes by and she's like hey are we watching Miss America later I loved that I loved that detail (laughs) which I thought was a cute detail I liked their friendship I like really got a sense of them being jokey and having a like deep history yeah i liked it too um felt real and it's like they have nothing in common they're total opposites in looks and interests um but it doesn't matter and and she's working and then she sees she's about to close and she sees this guy wandering around outside who she knows um matt wilson Mm -hmm. and he's like hey can i come in and he seems kind of weird and jumpy but she's like yeah sure and she lets him in she's like we'll make it fast what do you want i have to close up soon and he's like I just wanted to see what it was like and I was like whoa yeah when he kept saying that I was like that was so scary yes because you know it can't be anything good it can't be like I just want to see what it's like like eating some ice cream (laughs) yeah like okay yeah (laughs) like and she she can feel it immediately too which I really liked me too like her instincts are honed and and so she starts like talking up a storm trying to distract him, trying to act like everything's fine. She's like, okay, well, we should just go. And like, my boss is gonna, like, I'll get in trouble with my boss. And he's like, oh, actually, I already saw your boss leave. And she's like, oh, great. You've been um, casing the joint. That's great. This is good. This is all good stuff. (laughs) So she's like trying to talk her way out. And he's, and he, he tells her, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I always wanted to see what it's like to kill someone. And she's like, well, there it is. Yep. Yep. He's like, yeah, so I'm going to make it look like a robbery. And she's like, oh, interesting, interesting. But have you really thought of everything? Because like, for example, um, this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to make it look like this. She's like, okay, well, um, great. Yeah, she, uh, she, she was me? like, um, there's no, like all the windows. Like She's like, there's no forced entry. So like, and it's after it's hours. Like, well, I clearly just let, I let in. So you're not a stranger. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to break the window when we leave. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um. And she's like, so, like, just out of curiosity, like, why me? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, because you're, like, completely forgettable. Oh, that moment. And she's like, well, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. I felt that moment so much. Yes. Ugh. Um, And the way he really goes into it is brutal, too. Or, oh, God, it's even worse. He says, because you're not special. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, not exactly the answer she had expected. Her breath got stuck somewhere inside her throat and it was an effort to swallow. You know what I mean? He said, leaning forward. You're just you're just there. Like, I know you and I see you around, but I don't give you any thought. Like, if you weren't there, I don't think I'd really notice. He frowned. I don't think anyone really will. After the first couple of weeks or maybe not even that long, you know? (laughs) And he's so fucking like casual about it. Yeah. Like. They'll be sad at school at first and they'll have, you know, counselors come so everyone can talk about how sad they are. And then next thing you know, spring training will be starting. Yeah. 
And I liked I liked how this was written. The fact that he just might be right was almost more terrifying than the rest of this. People's lives were getting pretty disposable these days. Even if you died in a really interesting way, you still might not make the evening news. Yeah. So I do you, he said, and big deal. They shouldn't have had you working here alone at night because you got robbed by some hopped up junkie with a, he made his handshake on the gun. Quick trigger finger. Also, I like how he was like, like he's very, like he's a killer. He's scary. Yeah. When he was like, yeah, I just I tried killing a dog, but like I didn't feel anything. Maybe it's because I did it with a car. So I want to try killing a human. Um, I'm like, really do it myself. So maybe I'll feel something. Yeah, to to see like if I feel something or see what I feel or yeah, it's it's really really he does he has, does not experience empathy. <laughs> no, well, so then she starts kind of being like so she tries the whole like we well, didn't think of everything and then she, so they at the beginning of the story she and her friend are talking about this funeral for this like old lady that they had all and it was like their teacher from like when they were younger mm-hmm. and everyone in school had gone to that. So she says to him, well, like from experience, it should be someone you care about because if it's not someone you care about, then you aren't going to feel anything. And he's like, hmm. And she's like, yeah, you know, that funeral we all went to. Um, I killed her. I did that. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 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 And she's like, OK, I'll tell you how I did it. And she like he starts to believe her as she tells the story where she's like, well, we all know that curve on the road and it's really dangerous and icy and like the fact that we all know it's there maybe that's why people drive so carelessly on it and um you know i got a baby bassinet and any anyone who sees a baby bassinet no matter what or not bassinet a stroller no matter what when they're driving they'll do anything not to hit it so i just rolled it out there she swerved died and then i uh and then i got rid of the thing and he's like yeah i don't believe you she's like no no no, okay i'll tell you where it was i'll tell you where it was and then you can go see it and then you'll know I'm telling the truth and we'll both have something on each other. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no way. You're just making this up. And she's like, okay, you can kill me. But then like, I'll never tell you about the others. That was cool too. And he's like, the others? And she's like, yeah. And like, if you, maybe we could do it together. Maybe we could kill somebody together. And maybe that's what it takes to like feel something about it. Because like, I'm telling you all all the times I've done it, I just I feel nothing. And it's just like really unsatisfying. And she's like, I just wish I wish I could share it with somebody dot dot like, dot. Yeah, OK. And she's like, yeah, so let's meet up tomorrow at school and we'll talk about it. And he's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and she and she goes home, I think, or goes over to she goes over to her friend's house to watch over the to Jill's. Pageant. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Jill's little brother, Timmy, lets her in. Oh, yeah. And her name's Dorothy. <laughs> um, yeah. I forgot that. And and she gets there and um, says, Dorothy nodded, trying to figure out exactly how to explain what had happened tonight, exactly what to say. Um, oh, and I really because Jill comes or she comes into Jill's and Jill's like, you're late. You missed it. Miss Nebraska had a really nice gown, um, but her hair was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they all really talk like teenagers to me like the cadence and the starts and the stops and the ums yeah um it felt very so real. she says but her hair was stupid jill glanced over for a second you all right yeah i no um tonight uh while i was closing up um she should just start tell her the whole twisted story look uh she let out her breath <sighs> we have to do it again 
And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And then she's like, are you sure this is the last one? And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And Jill, it says Jill glanced at the television, then took her glasses off. We can't. She was going to be the last one. Yeah, I know. But Dorothy sighed. This will be the last one. Okay. Jill sighed too. You sure? Dorothy nodded. Okay, Jill said and closed her French book. When? Preferably an hour ago. After school tomorrow, Dorothy said. Jill thought about that, then nodded. Okay, who is it anyway? Matt Wilson, Dorothy said. Jill grinned. Whoa, that must be a long story. Very long. (laughs) Dorothy nodded. Well, tell me at the commercial, Jill said, then looked at her. This is going to be the last one, right? Dorothy nodded. Good, Jill Jill said and put her glasses back on. Then they both looked at the television. I loved it. Fantastic. I could see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, f- it was very like cinematic. I, I really liked it. Yeah. And um, then we have Collect Call Part Two, The Black Walker. Hell yeah. By Christopher Pike. This was like not as good as one, I think. No, no, no. It was kind of vague. It really was just like a way to have like more of an ending. Yeah. And I didn't need this closure, but it was still an enjoyable read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still really liked it. Yeah. It's still really well written. Yeah. Um. So for this one, we pick up with Caroline and she's like gone out with uh, Bobby Walker a couple times. And uh, I think no. Oh, she hasn't gone out with him at all? Not at all. Uh, it was almost what? a month after the death of Janice Adams that Caroline Spencer went out on a date with the mysterious and handsome Bobby Walker. Oh, she's just starting to date him. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is their first okay, date, so then, and he wants to you, see a you, horror movie that he has seen a, a many times. Oh my god, this thing called The Listeners. Yeah, so he's, he's like, "Hey, let's go see this horror movie," and she's like, "I don't really like horror movies," and he's like, "Yeah, but this one is like really fucked up." And she's like, "That sounds like more of what I wouldn't like." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I liked being in Caroline's head now because Caroline is very insecure. She is. She is. She's. She thinks of herself as the most unpopular, popular girl. Yeah, yeah. Which is completely different from how it was being in Janice's head. And so that's a fun contrast. Surrounded by people, but completely alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, so they go see The <laughs> Listeners, which is about, and sounds like a Christopher Pike story. Um, it is, where is the description? Uh, it's about a lizard monster from the past who reincarnates in a twin's body and then begins to rip people apart. I've seen it twice already. Yeah. And she watches it and she covers her eyes through most of it. And he's like, you covered your eyes? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, we have to watch it again. And she's like, what? <laughs> Which is truly insane. Truly. And she's like, truly. I think that Bobby is maybe crazy. Mm-hmm. And she, but she does it. She watches it again and she keeps her eyes open because Bobby keeps looking over at her. And when the lizard creature like starts to hypnotize one of the twins, um, she starts feeling hypnotized too. Yeah. And so she, the character starts to cool. like see a flashback and then she starts to see uh, go back not into a past life, but rather into what happened that night. Mm hmm. So she sees oh. she sees the first version of what happened, which was Janice pulling her out of the passenger seat and into the driver's seat. Yeah. And then she comes out of it and the movie's over. And he's like, well, we're going to go see where you guys crashed. 
She's like, I'm fine. Thank you so much. And then I think they end up. They go to where she's buried. They go to, yeah, they go to where she's buried, not where they go. Where Janice is buried, yeah. And he starts digging up her corpse. Yep. And he's like, this is where I'm going to put you. And and the Black Walker is going to be so happy. And she's like, what? Like, I and he's like, the Black, the Black Walker, Walker is me, but not really. He came to me and then he said that I would be his vessel, but also he's me, but he's not me. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I recorded um, the Black Walker singing that song and and he puts it on and he's just playing it over and over again. Complete nightmare. And it's sort of like he derives a kind of power from it. Yes. And he's he's tied her up to a tree and he's like, bashed her around a few times and he's digging 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 and when he's like deeper in there she hits stop on the tape and manages to record over it because she's like i guess and it this is where like this story is a little vague not in like cryptic vague but like fully vague i'm not really understanding (laughs) what happened because i don't really know why she like but it is like he's getting a power from the tape, and so she records Silent Night over it. She just starts singing Silent Night over and over again, the one chorus. Because at one point, she starts singing it, and he hates it. And she's like, and he's like, stop. And she's like, okay. But then she records it, and then it's playing, and he thinks she's singing again. And he's like, stop singing. But then he realizes she's taped over the <laughs> Black Walker with Silent Night. And then that makes him weak? Well, he's like either it's like an either or both situation where like either he is tired from digging or he's both tired from digging and not hearing the song. He's like not as strong. That's the impression I got. Did you? That's what I thought. Yeah. Are you feeling that? Okay. So he's going to drag her over there, but now it's just her singing Silent Night on the tape and he's super pissed and she manages to get away from him and knock him him in the head with the shovel and then she pushes him into Janice's coffin where her corpse is not there they'd had her cremated because obviously she burned alive and she she buries him in there he is still alive and he's like kicking to get out and she thinks she's not going to be able to stomach it um but then suddenly her voice on the tape is joined by Janice's I liked that moment Mm mm-hmm and suddenly, also, miraculously, the music sounded fuller, richer, as if another voice had joined her, singing about the bright angels rather than the black walkers. It almost sounded as if Janice was singing beside her. Also, I liked because he had said like, oh, I'm going to love hearing you kick underneath the soil because mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in there while you're still alive and then bury you. And he was like so and excited then, to smell the stench of Janice's corpse, but she was cremated. So there was no stench. Yeah. And so then he ends up being the one kicking, which I liked too. Yeah. And she drives home and never hears from him again. Yeah. So still a really good one. It's still really good. I would have been fine if the if 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 that first story just ended where it did. Same. Um But I appreciated but the closure. I appreciated the closure. I liked that the stories I liked that it was these two girls. We got to be in each of their heads. And that it like kind it bookended the entire anthology. I I, I liked that. Yeah, but yeah, I this one. I mean, it's, it's really fun. The, this this uh, series of stories is really really fun. I would recommend yeah. reading it for sure. Yeah, if you can get your hands on it, it's it's a I think a must in the genre. I was obsessed with these stories, 
sucks that it's not an open library. Well, we could donate this book to an open library. Huh? You can send them books. What? And then they put it on Mm -hmm. there? And then they scan it and put them on there. I have so many books I should give them. We should do that. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Because they've saved our ass so much with other books. Yes. Yeah. We would have been spending so much money. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, But yeah. Uh, thank you to the listener that sent that to us. Um, uh, Her apologies and- for taking so long to get get to it and for not remembering which yeah. we sent it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great one. I really, really loved reading these. Uh, it's perfect for spooky season. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps for a lot of our extra stuff. Really cool stuff we got for you. Uh, a very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez. Thank you, Adam Halwitz, Amanda Nangle, Ashley Fritz, Brian Petty II, Claire Moore, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gianna Fernandez, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Jeremy Kronk, Jeremy Goodfellow, and Marco Pavlicic, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Sersha Descaro, Karen Lewis, Kat Miller, Katie Lilly, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Christerina, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, <gasps> Luke Bartek, Mandalay Wolschlager, Max B, Megan Lozier, Mel Leos, Melody, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel Bassert, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Robert L, Rogue Kalihua, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Tristan Buckner, Victoria Beck, Victoria Gray, and Victoria Valdez. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We greatly appreciate you. And we will see you next week with Ginger with Snaps. Halloween episode watching Ginger Snaps with our film correspondent, Oscar Montoya. Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, so we'll see you then. In the meantime, please get vaccinated and keep it creepy. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.